This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Forget the frustration of picking commerce platforms when you switch your business to Shopify, the global commerce platform that supercharges your selling wherever you sell. With Shopify, you'll harness the same intuitive features, trusted apps, and powerful analytics used by the world's leading brands. Sign up today for your $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash tech, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash tech. Today, you'll never guess when the FBI told Twitter that the Hunter Biden laptop was real, or maybe you will. The media wants you to think a woman went to jail for abortion, but we'll tell you what really happened. And NYPD is forced to pay millions to George Floyd rioters. Hmm. We've got all of that and more coming up, and it all starts right now. Welcome to the News and Why It Matters. Happy Friday. I am Sarah Gonzalez. And today, newly released testimony from the House Judiciary Committee has uncovered another layer of the depths to which American social media platforms went just to interfere in the 2020 presidential election. According to Section Chief of the FBI's Foreign Influence Task Force, Laura Demlow, her team attended a previously scheduled meeting with Twitter on October 14th, 2020, which just so happened to be the same day the New York Post ran its exclusive story on the Hunter Biden laptop and the damning emails found on the laptop implicating Hunter and the big guy in a major influence peddling scandal. As Twitter employees scrambled to remove any trace of the story from its platform, they asked the FBI task force directly about the authenticity of the laptop. And according to Demlo, she says, it was relayed to me later that somebody from Twitter, I don't recall who, I'm not sure who, somebody from Twitter essentially asked whether the laptop was real. And one of the FBI folks who was on the call did confirm that yes, it was before another participant jumped in and said no further comment. So who was that participant? Well, we don't know, because upon instruction of FBI counsel, Demlo refused to say. But she did confirm the FITF was instructed that day that moving forward, they were to only respond with no comment, which she did later that day in response to Facebook's request for more information. Demlo also revealed confidence that individuals on the Russia unit in the FBI were also aware from the get-go that the laptop was real. And still... The federal government quietly watched while Twitter and Facebook suspended users who posted the very real story, while Intel members put out fake warnings of Russian disinformation because it would help them achieve the end result they wanted. Donald Trump out of office. Orange man bad. And if that isn't blatant interference in the 2020 election, I don't know what is, but a little message to Republicans in office. Capitol Hill hearings and strongly worded letters aren't going to be enough after all of the evidence we've seen and continue to see. Stop talking about it. Grow some balls and do something. Remember, the Democrats impeached Donald Trump over a phone call to Ukraine to root out the exact corruption detailed in emails found on the laptop, an impeachment they claimed was justified because it was interfering in the election to dig up evidence of corruption. They impeached him for pursuing the truth and called it criminal, all while they were the ones engaged in the crime and cover-up. So your move, GOP. What's it going to be? Here to discuss this and more, I have, I'm glad, all of the KGB boys. We have, Unbelievable. Yes, we have Blake, 
Cresses, okay, the B, so obviously. Glad to be here. Yeah. Gabe Victor, okay. Yeah, happy the to G, be here as well. Hi. And of course, Caden Lopez, the K. We're all here. And they also, <laughs> I don't know if you, like, they also are acting as my security, as you can see. This for, is true, you know. That's our secondary job. You know, we're talking about race in a little bit. We're talking about some stories to do with race. So I had to bring my African American friends to mm -hmm. indicate the fact that I am indeed not racist. This is true. We have the, uh, the, the dark immunity, you know, like we have the immunity when talking about these issues, we defend our fellow white brothers and Latina women. I was going to say, I, this might be the most pe people of color minorities we've had on yeah. set all at one time. Yeah, The utter so. state of the conservative movement. What are we doing, <laughs> y'all? What are we doing? What does it come to? But anyways, I mean, the whole, you know, the Russia disinformation thing, I don't understand how people fell for that in yeah. this instance because we have pictures from the laptop of, like, Hunter Biden fully nude banging prostitutes and doing cocaine. Like, I, those weren't deep fakes, and everybody knew that they <laughs> yeah. weren't deep fakes. So how could, like, just a normal person who hears, oh, yeah, this is Russian disinformation, like, how? It's a picture. It's clearly him. It's him. How does anyone fall for this? But from this story that we're hearing, it seems we have, like, we have two situations going on here. We have one FBI agent being like, yeah, it's real, and then the other one jumping in like, hey, you're not supposed to say that. No further comment, no further comment. You have that in one instance, which is the FBI colluding with Twitter and social media companies. But then you have Twitter itself. Like, they heard, yes, it's real. But they still went ahead mm -hmm. to censor everybody. Which, when you're talking about this stuff, be sure to not get it confused and think that these, uh, these social media companies are only censoring people because the government told them to, big bad government. Like that's part of it, but another part of it is these social media companies in and of themselves are evil and extremely woke. And when we take power, and we will, we need to institute like anti-woke laws on these companies, make mm -hmm. sure that, you know, some sort of uh, freedom of expression. John, John Doyle has a really good topic about this. He talks about this all the time, about uh, ways that we can actually effectively punish companies for pushing degenerative, demonic, uh, ideas into our society. Yeah, I mean, uh, Gabe, it's like, I'm glad that Elon purchased Twitter, yeah. right? Yeah. Obviously, Twitter is much different than it was before the 2020 election in November. However, however, he has made some peculiar choices in, you know, people around him being yeah. associated yeah, with the WEF. And I'm not convinced that he's like, one of us by any stretch of the imagination just because he believes in freedom of speech. But I think even he has some limits there that I'm uncomfortable with. Yeah, I mean, this is still Neuralink Elon, right? Mm -hmm. This is the dude that wants to put a chip in everyone's brain. So we are very weary about like what his real intentions here are. You know, maybe it's just kind of like under new management type deal. You know, everyone knows the meme. So I don't know. I'm skeptical of Elon. I still think that he's done better things with Twitter. But, you know, covering up the Russia Ukraine stuff, covering up the Biden laptop stuff, still kind of saucy. Yeah, go ahead, Caden. Yeah, I mean, we still saw when Elon took over, he was taking advice still from these three letter organizations. Right. And keep in mind, Elon was a Biden voter. All right. He was very clear yeah. about that. He still, I don't know if he stands by it now, but he's a Biden voter. We can't trust him. He's not one of us. He's still an elite. You know, maybe he's not in all the elite groups, but he's still an elite. He, uh, yeah, he's, he's dangerous. First week, 
after buying Twitter, he has a meeting with the ADL and the ACLU about what sort of stuff they're still. So that's the people. Those are the people who are in charge, the ADL and the ACLU. That's that's the state of Twitter right now. And uh, I mean, as you said, you know, things are getting better. We have more freedom. But uh, I believe during that meeting or he made an, an, an announcement afterwards, uh, we're not going to be banning people. But we're just going to make sure that no one can see your content. We're going to make sure it gets as suppressed yeah. as possible if it violates what the ADL says, which is everything. Everything, <laughs> yeah. And isn't Twitter still a private company? I know Elon said he wanted to make it public, but it's still a private company. He doesn't have to take advice from these people, but he's still going to do it and he's still going to conform. Like I said, he's not one of us. Yeah, I mean, I, you know, I, I'm, I'm more comfortable with him rather than like Mark Zuckerberg. Yeah. Yeah. But, you know, and on the subject of Twitter... We heard about all of these, the Twitter files that came out that showed uh, more collusion mm -hmm. between, as you know, we're talking about the government and uh, Twitter to suppress certain information, whether it be COVID-19 information, whether it be uh, information that might sway a voter in the 2020 election. There was a lot of information suppressed. And um, it was like, OK, I'm glad that we're getting this information on how far and how deep it went on Twitter. But we're probably never going to hear about how bad it was at Facebook. Mm -hmm. We're probably never going to hear how bad it was at YouTube because we don't have anyone who has the ability to go and buy the whole freaking company and then burn the whole thing to the ground. So um, even though we're making steps with Twitter, uh, it just seems it's very frustrating because, you know, you think about the uh, the amount of like how much interference is going to take place <laughs> in upcoming elections that we're just yeah. literally never going to know. Yeah, I mean, they have the infrastructure and the money. I mean, mm -hmm. Elon buys Twitter. He tries to turn it around a bit, get more free speech for everyone. And then here comes threads. They're going to make this yeah. new thing and they're going to yeah. shut down Elon. That's going to fail regardless. It, it I, sure I, have no, I have no faith in threads. But uh, I mean, look, YouTube's getting better because we got a new CEO. Susan is out. Um, and this new CEO is allowing us to say that the 2020 election was stolen but regardless of that, this still emphasizes the importance that we cannot trust these people and we need, um, we need to enforce constitutional free speech to be allowed on all platforms. That is something that we need to legislate. That is a power that we need to dictate once we take over. Are we totally we sure will. that they allow that now? Yeah, 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 I'm totally yeah. certain. I'm totally yeah. certain. Yeah. 100%. It started this year. We can't say anything about the potential 2024 election stuff happening. You know, that's all yeah. potentially alleged. It hasn't even happened yet. But now on YouTube, 2020 election is free game to talk about. And we're not allowed to tell people, like, the wrong way to vote. Like, we yeah. can't be like, oh, right. like that. Right. And I actually we'll understand that. on Wednesday. Yeah, yeah. there's and old I, people. And I understand right? that, you know, like, yeah. that's fair. I don't want some old lady to, like, you're the wrong, you know, that's just mean. But we can't say the 2020 election was indeed stolen. Wow. Okay, well, I, I love, though, that you're, like, you say this so convincingly on my channel, which is already demonetized. So oh, I just wanted to me. make sure. Trust me, we say this all the time. Not that own. you're the one who got it demonetized, because I am fairly certain I did all of that myself. Um, <laughs> Um, all right, Impressive. so I want to move to this next story here. So um, you may have seen the headlines recently about this this woman. It's like, oh my gosh, this young woman got 90 days in jail for abortion. I can't believe after Nebraska made abortion illegal, they're jailing women for doing this. Well, that's not actually what happened. So last August, uh, a teen and her mother were charged with multiple felonies after attempting to carry out an illegal late-term home abortion and then 
trying to burn and bury the fetus. So this is Celeste Burgess. She was 17 at the time of the abortion. Uh, and her mother, Jessica Burgess, were just sentenced yesterday. Celeste, who is now 19, was sentenced to three months in jail and two years of probation for undergoing the abortion and attempting to, dis again, attempting to dispose of a dead body of the fetus. And uh, they say the sentence may be reduced to around 50 days due to the possibility of good behavior. And she pled guilty in May to removing, concealing, or abandoning a dead body with two misdemeanors removed from her charges as part of the plea deal. So I just want to, um, I want to go through the headlines here because the key point that all of these media companies are making are that within the investigation of disposing of a dead body and concealing a dead body, um, Facebook actually gave police some messages mm -hmm. between the mother and daughter that showed all of this evidence. So again, it's not the abortion that is like the big problem here yeah. that of why they're investigating. It's the way that they carried it out and the fact that they concealed a dead body. Yeah. Um, well, all of these headlines, let's go through them. Vice. This is the data Facebook gave police to prosecute a teenager for abortion. Fortune, Facebook turned over chats used in prosecution of 17-year-old in abortion case, spurring worries the practice could become common. Huffington Post, Facebook gave cops data to prosecute Nebraska teenager who allegedly had an abortion. TechCrunch, Facebook helps cops prosecute 17-year-old for abortion. All of these headlines, and yet none of them actually want to tell you that the abortion wasn't the issue. It was the way that they did it, the yeah. fact that they tried to do it themselves at home and then conceal it. And by the way, I mean, this was a like 23-week-old fetus. So yeah. Yeah. This, was a, this was a baby, late-term abortion. This was a baby that she could have gone, had, sent up for adoption or whatever the case may be. And instead, they chose to kill it. And mainstream media wants you to think, Oh my God, this poor girl. She's just trying to have control over her own body and her own reproductive health care, and now she's going to jail. Yeah, it's it's one of those cases where they're trying to make like the, the woman the victim, right? And I was actually talking to this group of Texas Republican women one time about a year and a half ago, mm -hmm. and I was having a conversation saying, well, like, you know, these women are killing their children, right? And especially in states that are illegal, they should be getting prosecuted for it, right? Like this is still some, they're committing murder, right? Mm -hmm. And the Texas Women's Republican Group, uh, it was like a smaller one was saying like, no, but like the women are the victims in this situation. Uh, they're the ones being pressured to do it. And it's like, no, I mean, like, they're still committing a crime. They're still killing someone. Why are they the victims? I can understand that, like, maybe they got pressured. They still went through with it, right? They still could have had many other options. There is a various amount of options that you can take before you say, yeah, I got to kill my baby. And this being a case where even the mother was helping the child do it, I think it's even worse. I think the mother should also be prosecuted more heavily than the daughter should. But the daughter still does deserve those 90 days. So. Yeah. Um, by the way, I was just going from memory based off my recollection of the story when I said 23 weeks because um, I didn't see it on here. Mm -hmm. It's actually 29 weeks. Oh, wow. Yeah. So it was even, even more. Almost 30 weeks. Yeah, the, the idea... Which, uh, which, hold on, by the way, is completely, like, the survivability viable, rate is viable. very, very high. Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. For sure. At that time. No, I mean, it's an intentional murder. And there, this is a highly contentious topic, even within Republican and conservative spheres of whether or not we should, you know, prosecute the women involved, the women who abort their kids. And a lot of people 
say you shouldn't. A lot of right-wingers say you shouldn't. I highly disagree. I think this woman, I think this, uh, well, I guess, oh, she's 18 now. So, yeah, I guess this 19. woman, should, 19 now. Yeah, she should be in jail for far longer. And it's premeditated, too. You look at the texts that were sent over. Now, look, I don't know if Facebook was served a warrant. I don't know if the police served the warrant or how exactly they got the information. And that can raise some questions like, oh, what if Facebook starts turning over data of, like, a di or of a Facebook chat talking about like what gun I'm going to buy to the right. ATF, you know, right. that, that can cause, pro I can see that, I can see that, but I don't really care at this point because we saw this woman talking about, I cannot wait to get this damn thing out of my body. Mm -hmm. And we see how they they burned it. I mean, the forensic data on the body showed uh, thermal wounds. So they burned it and then they buried it and it was an intentional murder. They got uh, abortion pills from out of state, I believe. Uh, now, Nebraska, they only ban abortions after 20 weeks, which I did not know. That is far too late. Mm -hmm. That's far too late. I thought Nebraska was a nice place, but I guess not. That is far too late to be banning abortion. But even then, I mean, they, they committed a premeditated murder and they should be facing significant prison time. In my yeah, opinion. I mean, you talk about pressure. If Gabe pressured me to shoot Blake, I'm still going yeah. for first degree <laughs> right. murder. Right. It's murder nonetheless. Right. And, you know, obviously abortion's bad and uh, yeah, very, very bad. But if it's legal up until 20 weeks, why did this girl like carry it out full term just to kill it? I, like I, it I, makes no sense. The I, I don't get that either. Awful. But yeah, this woman should be going to jail for a long time. Her mother should be going to jail for a long time. Nebraska, if you truly believe that after 20 weeks it is murder, send them to prison for yeah. murder. Mm -hmm. well, yeah. Go ahead. I can't put myself in the woman's shoe. I mean, reading through this story, it's absolutely disgusting. Uh, the only reason that men ever support abortion is so that they can have carefree sex and that they mm -hmm. can use women's bodies. No child um, Yeah, yeah, exactly. And But when it comes to women, look... I'm not a woman. I don't have a uterus. I don't. But when I read what these people are saying to each other, this this lady and her mother. Oh, it's horrific. Uh, yeah, talking about how they're going to murder this kid, and uh, and their desire to murder this kid. I, it's just unfathomable to me. It is something that can only be explained with like satanic possession yeah. or, or influence or something. So, something so horrifically evil. And like you said, why did this? I mean, she from the Facebook messages, she was pretty intent on not having this kid. So why did she wait? And then this gets into when leftists are talking about how this type of stuff never happens. Right. These late-term abortions, they only occur when there's some dire medical emergency. But... Uh, Clearly, this is not the case. I mean, yeah, and that's the argument that like it never happens, but they're also worried that there's gonna be yeah, a lot that, more that, happening, yeah. and that more people are gonna start getting arrested for murder. Right. So it's it's odd. It's a horrific situation, you know. Uh, hopefully that that child is you know in heaven right now, mm. and God bless that kid. Yeah, yeah it's horrible. Um, all right, we've got to uh, we got to take a quick break. We'll be back with more, but we want to thank our sponsor, Relief Factor. So. Um, we've worked with Relief Factor for forever here at Blaze TV. There are so many of us who have really seen firsthand the effects that Relief Factor can have on your body if you are one of millions of Americans who live in constant pain. Maybe you think that's just the way life is now. Maybe you have knee problems, back problems. I have disc problems in my neck, and um, I just would, like, walk around and just this constant pain. It was always nagging at me, and um, I, like probably you, if you're living in pain, I'm just like, well, that's life now, I guess. Well, it doesn't have to be that way. I tried Relief Factor. It works for me. It can work for you. And in fact, 70% of people who order the Relief Factor three-week three week quick start, say that three times fast, uh, they actually, 70% of those people, go on to order that time after time after time because it's working for them. So it can work for you. It's only $19.95. I would say 
that is, uh, that's quite the deal. 1995, three weeks, see if it's working for you. And if it does, it can be life-changing. You gotta go to relieffactor.com, get that three-week quick start over at relieffactor.com. All right, Derek Chauvin, the former Minneapolis police officer convicted of murdering George Floyd and serving a 22 and a half year sentence in prison, plans to seek a review of his conviction from the Supreme Court after Minnesota's Supreme Court declined to hear the case this week. So his attorney said that they are going to raise the issue of whether Chauvin was denied a fair trial due to pretrial publicity and potential violence had he been acquitted. And uh, Judge Peter Cahill wrote in a memorandum that Chauvin's sentence was harsher than the state's guidelines of 10 to 15 years because he, quote, abused his position of trust and authority, end quote, and treated Floyd without respect and denied him the dignity owed to all human beings. Um, he, of course, later pled guilty to federal charges of violating Floyd's civil rights, and he was sentenced to 21 years in prison, set to run concurrently with his state sentence. What do y'all think? Look, man. George Floyd died of a fentanyl overdose. George Floyd was shouting, I can't breathe, while he was still sitting in his car. Mm-hmm. Okay, there were no, there were no uh, verifiable, from the autopsy, there were no verifiable physical ailments that led to his death. It was simply the fentanyl. So it, the idea that Chauvin murdered George Floyd is out of the question. He did not. George Floyd died of a fentanyl overdose. Now, all the other things about the violation of civil rights, well, sure, but... He is not a murderer. He did, George Floyd did not get murdered. He killed himself with fentanyl. That's the reality of the situation. Look, Chauvin, maybe it was unprecedented to knee on someone for seven minutes or whatever. Maybe there was enough to release him from his job. But we all know it happened. Fentanyl overdose. That's yeah. it. End of story. Chauvin should not be in prison. He maybe shouldn't be a police officer. Maybe get him a, a different job. But... He does not deserve to be in prison for 22 years. He's already not a young guy. 22 years, he's going to come out if he comes out as like an old, old man. All of his life is gone for something that he didn't do. Yeah, this is all like humiliation. Look, like since day one, since all like the George Floyd stuff happened, I knew like this guy, he didn't do anything, right? Everyone saw the body cam footage like within the first, what, two months of it happening? Everyone saw it, yet cities were getting burned down. Obviously, this guy did not get a fair trial, all right? Everyone was scared that they were going to have their houses attacked, that they were going to have their houses burned down by BLM. Obviously, this guy did not get a fair trial. And if this does get to the Supreme Court, I hope that our boys in the Supreme Supreme Court, uh, figure out, you know, and clear his name. We now love look, Clarence Thomas. I mean, you, we do just have to think about it. <laughs> like, a national treasure. Just, just a little mental exercise. What is going to happen to our country if Derek Chauvin got released? Like, what, 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 is, what sort of calamity is going to be caused if and when this occurs? Like, I, I cannot see. <laughs> now, obviously, we should not put the reality of what happened in the George Floyd situation and the fact that Derek Chauvin is innocent when it comes to murder, we should not put the truth aside to save every city in the country from being burning, burned down, or should we? I don't know, because that is what would happen. We would see violence like we've never seen before. I don't, I don't know, because we said that about the Kyle Rittenhouse situation, but once he got released, the protests were like very minimal. Yeah. If Chauvin gets released, it'll be more than for the Kyle situation. 
But Americans also like to forget things like very quickly. So it'll be like a couple month deal and it'll be gone. Think about BLM now. Like we see no demonstrations. They ran out of money. Like how are they going to fund even these protests? That's true. But right now what's popping in my head is we do have to remember that we're coming up to an election year, right? This just Mm. happens to be coming around the corner of an election year where BLM is most prominent typically. And the fact that this just happens to be happening right now could all be coincidence, but it also could be playing into like my conspiracy theory mind where it's like, well, like, you know, they're bringing this up and it's almost an election year, and Trump is running. Are they going to just bring this back, BLM Part 2, the second year of Jarek Chauvin type thing? So So speaking of uh, the George Floyd case, the city of New York settled a class action lawsuit yesterday um, agreeing to pay $13.7 million in damages uh, because the plaintiffs had claimed that members of NYPD had violated their rights via the use of unlawful tactics. Uh, And according to The New York Times, the city would pay around $10,000 to each of the roughly 1,400 people who were uh, arrested and or subjected to force by NYPD officers during these 2020. Again, not protests, but riots. I am so floored at this decision that, I mean, you see this, you know, mostly peaceful yet fiery protest here going on. And it's like, what were the cops supposed to do? Sit around, sit back, and watch the city burn, I guess, is what cops are supposed to do these days. These people get 10 bands, and our J6 fellas are in solitary confinement right now. The only systemic racism in America is against white people, and it's verifiable in every sense. In a sense, this situation, this 10 grand, 10 bands, is sort of like reparations. And we've had some reparations talk uh, all over the place recently with, like, I think, Evanston, Illinois. Mm -hmm. They're giving reparations to some of their citizens. And then you have another form of reparations in California where they're allowing judges to make decisions based on race. And I think we can lump all three of these together. Um, But don't forget the fact that reparations have already been paid, you know, I mean, through um, the the great, what what was it, Uh, LBJ's program? Uh, uh, um, what am the I talking? Great Society. Yeah, the Great Society, or um, yeah, welfare. Just welfare. That's mm-hmm. the word I'm looking for. Sorry about that. Through welfare and the amount that white people put into the tax system and the amount that black people take out of the tax system, um, reparations have been paid. But reparations are not about getting paid. It's about tearing down society and tearing down law and order altogether. Because if you listen to these people, if you listen to leftists and Black Lives Matter people, um, law and order in and of itself is a racist and white supremacist, institutionally racist organization. So that's what it's really about. It's institutional or it's uh, instituting a socialist um, income redistribution program and just eliminating law and Mm -hmm. and having widespread violence all over the place. Well, you know, I think this is just all a play to make Michael Jordan rich because a lot of Jordans are going to be bought after all (laughs) these people get $10,000 each. Uh, Well, so they'll be bought now. They weren't bought previously. They were just looted. Yeah, 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 exactly. (laughs) How about about we send $10,000 to each small business that got destroyed? Oh, yeah, yeah, 100%. I mean, like... Did they get retribution ever? Like, no. no. Was, well, that's what insurance yeah, is for. That's what all the criminals would say. And it never happened. All the insurance right. that's only paid for 
large part by white people in this country <laughs> uh, because, you know, a lot of lower income people that well, have businesses, black, don't but businesses would pay insurance for their buildings, which it like if they have a large payout that they have to get money back, they will see uh, as a result a higher premium. Yeah. Which would and mean the business would still more. pay exactly, for it. Right. Right. It, it sucks. I mean, like you see the, the Arby's getting uh, burned down. You see Target's getting burned down, which, you know, Target, you know, we, we disavowed target but you see targets getting burned down for <laughs> well, we no don't, reason we don't want to advocate yeah, we, we don't want to advocate violence towards yeah. target obviously you see all these louis vuitton gucci like all these very high-end stores getting destroyed why 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 do they pick those you know? yeah um and just for uh, a little bit further detail here i did some digging as you guys were talking so um this was of course a brutality lawsuit which is just mind-boggling to me but they claim that because police use pepper spray and batons during these riots, mm-hmm. what they would call protests, yeah. right, um, that that was traumatic, the using, attorney said. Their experiences were horrible and traumatic. Using the exact non-lethal, like, forces that they have that every BLM protester says police officers should use instead (laughs) of actual lethal force. They're like, no, like pepper spray, tase, batons, but no guns, nothing like that. But then they get that used against them because they are being violent and they're like, oh, well, this is actually traumatic for me and I need $10,000. It'll just never be enough. We will never meet their demands. It's just about complaining and being a victim, the victim complex. But you will never, with reparations, you'll never meet the demands. The line will never be reached. There is no line. They just tell you there's a line. So let's do this. Let's go ahead and take a break. And then when we come back, let's talk about uh, Jason Aldean. There's there's more to that story. First, we want to thank our sponsor, Fumes. So cold turkey may be great on sandwiches, but there is actually a better way to break your bad habit. It's called Fume. And uh, they look at that problem in a different way. This is an award-nominated device. Blake is holding it right now, okay? It's completely natural. It uses flavored air instead of mm, vapor. Pepper. No more nicotine addictions. No yeah. more nicotine cravings whatsoever. All right, look, I've been addicted to nicotine at points in my life, and it's very hard to quit. Very hard to quit cold turkey, especially. I got sick. I got sick for five days, all right, and it was the worst sickness of my life. But this thing right here, this will get you out of it much quicker, okay? And it also, you know, it helps with a lot of people have that oral fixation or just that, mm-hmm. that addiction to the they movement, have to just you know? Put it so in this there. really helps yeah. you out, you know? No more nicotine cravings. Maybe that's maple pepper. Yeah, it oh, delicious? it's delicious, man. It tastes yeah. good. It tastes great. And pepper is scientifically proven to reduce nicotine cravings. That's what's in most of these little cores we've got going on here. Wow. But look, you got to quit. You got to stop vaping. Vaping really lowers do. testosterone by upwards of 50%. Ooh. You have to stop right now. Wow. Right now. Oh my gosh. True. That was emphatic. Well, I actually have never, I've never been into the nicotine thing, but I do know a lot of people who have, and it really is a bad habit to break. So True. you can do that with fume and it's not just maple pepper. They've got like orange vanilla, cranberry. I mean, they've got it all. And uh, yeah, Blake's holding up this, maple the pepper. maple pepper, so true. which he says is delicious. It's pretty good. Okay. So if you are vaping, stop vaping instead Go to Trifume, that's F-U-M, Trifume.com. Use code NEWS. You'll save 10% off when you get the journey pack. That is Trifume.com. Use promo code NEWS to save an additional 10% off. So 
following the backlash surrounding Jason Aldean's uh, Try That in a Small Town music video, the song actually shot up, skyrocketed to number mm-hmm. one on, I believe, iTunes. has been viewed over a million times on YouTube. And the, uh, the hens over at The View decided that they would have a little conversation about that. I want to play for you Sonny Hostin making just an incredible accusation about people in Jason Aldean's hometown, uh, Macon, Georgia. Watch. And unfortunately, this became the number one song on U.S. iTunes. We have a problem in this country about race, and the biggest problem is we refuse to admit that it exists. Well, don't you think well, that a lot, the of the, a lot of this big that's city, small yeah. town businesses racist is about race? The cities have yes, more black people it. than the small well, town. Um, <clears throat> for clarification, the city is 54% black and 39% white. Yeah. As a resident Georgian on the panel, uh, first of all, Macon is not a small town. Macon is probably, I think, like fourth or fifth, fourth or fifth biggest city in Georgia. Second thing, if you're racist, it, Georgia is the least racist state in the on the uh, in the United States. Okay, if you're a racist in Georgia, you're simply not going to make it. Mm-hmm. You simply can't. Okay, and especially in Macon, as you said, uh, lots of black people, majority black city, uh, so definitely not a racist place. That's where Jason Aldean is from. Uh, extremely high crime rate. Extremely high crime rate, okay, and it goes to the point, it's not a small town, there's a lot of crime there, lots of protests during George Floyd's situation and whatnot, but, uh, but yeah, no, the fa- again, this is a situation where simply a person just asking to, like, live in a nice place and, like, live in a civilized society with, mm-hmm. without crime, they don't want crime in their neighborhood, they want to be able to trust their neighbors and be friendly with everyone, that's called racist, for some reason, I don't know. Yeah, it's wild. Yeah, you know, we love Jason Aldean. Great song, by the way. Jason Aldean is a great human being. Him and his wife, Brittany, uh, they, they speak out all the time. Yeah. And, uh, but yeah, it's true. Try that in a small town. Try to rob people. Try to do all these horrific things that like BLM did in big cities. That wouldn't slide in a small town. Jason Aldean has just stayed in the obvious. Yeah, but that's racist. That's lynching. I'm black. I'm black. Why are you going to put a stop I got to my, this I gotta stand up. violence and burning on fire? <laughs> Yeah, it's, it's oh, funny how it's racist. It's funny. It's funny how they correlate violence with black people. Let, yeah. that, they're the ones making that correlation. I'm not making that I correlation. Didn't yeah, I didn't say it. I mean, just but that's add, what they're that's what they're saying. To add here, like probably one of the biggest reasons that this happened is because there was so much music recently released, right? And right now, rap is like the number one genre in America, right? But yeah. country is slowly taking that over. I mean, you see, like worldwide, Morgan Wallen like selling out. Out shows, yep. you know, on mass. So one. yeah, he's doing amazing. And he things. said the end, and, and he did. He did do that. <laughs> um, so true. But you know, we all went to a Jason Aldean concert once, and it was one of the most amazing experiences ever. That was my, I believe, second country concert. If you're including stuff at the Stockyards as well, uh, it was amazing. You know, look, I love Jason Aldean. Jason Aldean's a great guy, and they're just coming after him because he's white and because he, you know, topped the Billboard charts. Two black people love Jason Aldean. Jason Aldean is not racist. <laughs> So and he's from Macon, Georgia. You can't be racist there. Yeah, I mean, it is very troubling to me that you can talk about, um, you know, I mean, we saw this on July 4th, that there were a lot of people, primarily on the left, but I think a lot of minorities who were like, I can't, I mean, the American flag offends me, right? Like, talking about American values that I, I 
I don't think that people should be uh, carjacked at a red light. I'm reading the lyrics here. Sucker punch somebody on a sidewalk, carjack an old lady at a red light, pull a gun on the owner of a liquor store. You think that's cool? Well, act a fool if you like. Cuss out a cop, spit in his face, stomp on the flag and light it up. You think you're tough. Try that in a small town. I cannot believe the racist euphemism like, described on your show. Like, to, to Caden's point, who is ascribing race here? Yeah. This doesn't talk about race at all, but now you, you are demonized if you dare stand up for what used to be traditional values in this company, which is like, hey, we don't like crime, and it kind of sucks, and maybe you guys should not do it in big cities. Yeah. Dude, this is what we saw in France. France was on fire and anyone who spoke out against it, against these foreign migrants and aliens, not French people, burning the, the whole country down mm-hmm. is a racist. Any critic, anyone who's just like, I, please stop robbing, killing, and raping us. Please, you're a racist. <laughs> Sit down. You're gay. <laughs> By the way, just for uh, reference, I know we talked about it when we originally covered the story, but, you know, he was called not only racist, but pro-lynching. Yeah. We were like, well, why pro-lynching? Because he filmed outside of a courthouse that was like some famous courthouse that a black man had gotten lynched uh, in front of in like 1967 or something. And by the way, the location is uh, a popular filming location outside of Nashville, which Jason Aldean did not select himself. The production company Tacklebox did that. Yeah. So it's just man. Look, I I uh, I'm gonna pray for you, Jason. You know, a lot of people are coming after you. We love you though. All right, you should come on the news and why it matters and talk about this. It would be awesome. Sarah would love to meet you. <laughs> I would. I would. And Brittany too. Um, all right, we got to take a quick break. We'll be right back. Friday, which means we've got another Dear Sarah coming at you. I know we skipped it the last couple of, well, I wasn't here last Friday, so, um, but we've had so much going on, so we're finally going to get to some more. So don't forget, if you guys need advice, uh, Dear Abby's dead. So you can instead email dearsarah at theblaze.com and uh, we can give you, I mean, way more based advice than Dear Abby ever would have given you for the record. So this one says, Dear Sarah, I live in Georgia. But maybe this is something cultural across Southern culture. Whenever I talk to strangers in public, I seem to be getting a weird response where they refer to me by a diminutive title. This is mostly apparent when being served at a restaurant by female waitstaff, bartender or otherwise, where they call me sweetie, honey, sugar and other cute titles in a tone as if I were a younger brother or preemptively friend-zoned. Yet these same women treat the other guys in the building like they have something to offer. Many older men use the buddy in a similar tone or fashion. This has really pierced a hole in my confidence and makes me feel concerned that even though I lived in my town since the age of eight, that I may not belong. Any insight both on the Texan and female perspective would be appreciated. Sincerely, single millennial. I don't think, I think you're reading too much into it, single millennial. I think, now I will, I mean, Blake is from Georgia, so I'll be interested to get your take as well. I would say as a female, Anytime uh, someone is calling you sweetie or sugar or whatever, I would definitely not take offense to that. Yeah, dude. Like, I think that that actually means that they think that you're cute or they're older than you and they're trying to, you know. No, they want tips. You said it happens <laughs> at restaurants, <laughs> servers, yeah. and bars. They're like, what are you thinking, man? Like, they want tips. Or, like, just be happy about it, you know? It's, 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 it's it is part it's of like, Southern culture, yeah, for it is, sure. For sure, for sure. Like, just being nice. Now, the, the older men calling you buddy thing... I, I can see why you might take more offense to that one, mm-hmm. but at the same time, like, 
I wouldn't worry about it too much. I think you're doing just fine. But getting offended about the women calling you sweetie and cutie and all that, it sounds kind of gay. No, but, um, no, I no, mean, no. I mean, no. yeah, he's looking too deep into it. All right. First of all, don't look for your wife when you're eating at Chili's. Like, you're, yeah. you're fine, all right? A Waffle uh, House. Or a Waffle House. Oh, definitely yeah. not a Waffle House, bro. You're not looking for your <laughs> wife there. They want tips. If someone your age calls you buddy, check him on that. If an yeah. older guy calls you buddy, it's let a, it slide. It's a Southern but, culture yeah. thing yeah. if an older guy calls you buddy. Yeah, but yeah. If, if someone your age calls you buddy, that's them saying, like, yeah, you're a B-word. Yeah, I think that it, it, it really does it depend on how old this waitress or waiter is. You know, mm-hmm. if it's a guy, uh, try, you know, I think that the the most respectful thing is to call someone like, hey, what's up, man, or what's up, boss? You know, I use boss all the what's time. What's up, big guy? Yeah, what's up, big guy, right? Um, yeah, but then someone could think, exactly. like, are you being ironic because you think I'm little? No, 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 no. no. I mean, you can find anything. I mean, you could, you can find 100%. a way to take anything out um, of context. But when it comes to women and when it comes to, like, southern women, I think it, it's almost like a, a compliment where you I have, like, so. an older woman call you sweetheart or doll you know it's kind of like endearing you know that's what you'd want your grandmother to call you you don't want your grandma to call you like bro or like dude you know i also would say that whenever i am around um people from southern culture i actually get called by these same women i get called sweetie and honey and stuff like that they're calling me that that as well so it's i don't think that it's anything to to feel insecure about or think that like you have a complex that they're looking down on you um it's just kind of ingrained in their culture um and also they may be looking for tips but they do do it to me i do have a little bit of a funny story my husband um was was this in alabama tell me in my ear was this in Alabama when you someone got mad at you for calling them ma'am? Oh, okay. Well, so he actually he got in trouble once because he, of course, being raised in Texas as a southern as a southern gentleman, um, was trying to speak to someone in Vegas who doesn't understand southern culture and was being polite and called her ma'am, and she got very mad and was like, "I can't believe you would call me ma'am. That is so rude. That is so disrespectful. Like I'm not that old." And took it completely out of context yeah. because she didn't in- understand southern culture and. How we, you know, just just a message to people, if, if especially to the women out there, if you're called ma'am, that's ninety nine percent of the time just out of respect. I'll even call like twenty year old waitresses ma'am. Like I'll be like, thank you, ma'am. Like thank you for you know my drink or whatever they're serving me. It's just out of respect, you know, especially if you're at a restaurant, ma'am, sir. Yeah. What does she want him to call her a bitch? Like, what's <laughs> another another swear? <laughs> I don't. That's what I'm saying. Like I don't. Yeah. I don't know. And, Girl, like, chick. This guy in this situation, does he want waitresses to come up and be like, hey, sexy? Like, what? what <laughs> you only get that out of Hooters, all right? And you shouldn't be looking for your wife out of Hooters either. Not. Actually, fun story. Apparently, the, uh, the what was it? It was at the Hooters craps <laughs> table. So. This was all, like 15 years ago. Okay, it was at remember. the Hooters craps oh, table God. in Las Vegas. Yeah, that was him. His <laughs> husband. Cool. So, um, interesting uh, chain of events here. But, Anyway, regardless, single millennial, don't take offense to it. It's just Southern culture. I understand you've lived here for a very long time, and but don't say you don't belong, okay? Because we welcome all in uh, Southern culture. Uh, I mean, unless you're going to vote blue. Yeah, <laughs> but I don't think you're voting blue because you're watching this program. So, yeah, so yeah, you're yeah. fine. Just I think it's just a psychological thing. Don't worry about it. Uh, don't take it too seriously. You're not getting friend zoned. And I mean, stay out there and shoot your shot. All right, we got to take a break. We'll be right back.
Biden just delivered a speech in Philadelphia touting the new uh, Bidenomics strategy that they've decided. They're like, oh, my God, the economy's in shambles. You know what? We'll call it Bidenomics and no one will notice. Um, And when the speech was over, you guys will be shocked to hear that Biden was confused yet again on where in the hell he was supposed to go. (laughs) Watch. Thank you. has no idea where he's at. I don't understand how they haven't come up with a plan at this point. Like, there's going, like, only have your people in the direction that you're supposed to leave so that they can just be like, yes, come this way. Instead, the guy is, like, corralling him to make sure that he moves the right way. But don't worry, he was also uh, rewarded for his speech with ice cream. So mm, he did dumb. stand there and eat ice cream. It wasn't chocolate, workers. chocolate chip, though. You know, that's what he was wishing. The, there's no audio on this clip, but he was saying, man, I really wish this was chocolate, chocolate <laughs> chip. Wait, none of those people, like, want to be there. No, oh, look, they're not. so unenthused they with this. So weird. They are so unimpressed with him. You know, at first glance, like, just examining the crowd, that does not look like a Philadelphia crowd, especially yeah. in the first video. Like, those people from, that is, those aren't Philadelphians, I don't think so. And, they bust him uh, in? Yeah, and well, I mean, and you only get to see the first two rows, so we don't know the extent to how small this event was, but it does not look like urban Philadelphia people. Yeah, there was some video that I saw of, like, and I'm not sure how true this is because it was just, like, on Instagram, but it was Biden, like, leaving somewhere, and everyone had their phones up. Everybody's phone was off. Like, they were, like, recording him. (laughs) Everyone's cell phone was off. Uh -uh. Like, you could not see any recording on the phone, and it was, like, Joe Biden has, like, actors pretending to record him out when you couldn't watch Yeah, I know. No, it was crazy. I don't know how true this is because, again, I saw it on Instagram. Yeah. But it seems like 100% something well, that it, happened. They might we, have had a like, blackout. We got to go. Everyone, make sure follow KGB on Instagram I support and that. YouTube. That's so true. Thank you. <laughs> Stream and subscribe to more Blaze Media content at theblaze.com slash podcasts.